Hey, this is Sex Actually Podcast, your host Dave Neal with John Campanelli. How are you, man? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. It's, I feel uh, like this is long overdue. I've wanted you on for a long time. Yeah. I, I have. And uh, you just got back from Vegas. You're a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. Uh, quickly get it out of the way. You're about to open on uh, Dane Cook's Just for Laughs tour. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. Just for Laughs tour in Canada, um, opening for Dane Cook. Um, and it's 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 right now, it's, it looks like it's 14 shows. Could be more. That's amazing. Yeah. See how many comics you made jealous by posting that? Oh, totally. <laughs> I mean, it's hard not to be. It's a, and it's a, but it's a, I, th- I think, I think with comedy, we're, we're always happy for each other when some, when someone gets something like that. Cause that's like, what a, what a fun opportunity. I think, I think you were right for the, for the good dudes that are doing it. I think they'll be like, oh, that's awesome for the, for the you know, and it's, dudes. it's hard. It's hard to filter that out. Now, like, we'll jump right into, I don't know how you feel with social media, but with me, yeah, it's hard. There's a lot of haters Mm -hmm. in in the industry, and you're pretty vocal about, like, online about how some people are with you, some are against you, or... Yeah, um... And by the way, I think your best credit is you host a weekly show at Laugh Factory, which is a very hard stage and prestigious stage to get onto. So congrats on that. Thanks, man. That's been going on since July 2014. We've reached over 100 shows. That's incredible. Yeah. And it, it's it's cool. It's comedy trend with John Campanelli, Wednesdays, 10 o'clock. Uh, see who's trending in comedy, which which I think is is really cool. Um, and yeah, that's that's been great. Um, yeah, I mean... Um, social media has it's it's odd what it's doing kind of I think um, you were getting into you were saying well we were talking so yeah because we you know, we're jumping right into it now on air but we were yeah. talking about sometimes you know like you, you get things like do you find that people you have this like sort of currency with hosting a show and like for people that don't know stand up it's like that's like if you were um, worked in HR and you could control hiring at a company. You're going to get bozos coming out to you and fake friends. And, oh, you know, yeah. And especially being in Hollywood, it's just like the, the place where everyone's out for their own thing. And stand-up, it's like we do filter the bullshit, but there must be a lot that's thrown your way. This, I have nothing to offer people, this is so what, people don't hit me this up. This is what know? I like about how we just jumped into it. We're getting real. I can curse on this, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. We're getting real as fuck right now. Yeah, um, yeah I mean... It's you know it's it's so weird because stand up is hard because it's it's like you have to you know your name is your business you know it's a business it's business sure. it's your product so you have to look out for yourself and your business first um, and so it's hard to do that you know and, and have everybody be happy with you because when you're furthering yourself sometimes people get like they they for for whatever complex they have they'll get mad at you for. You know, they're projecting on you. You're like another gatekeeper from what they but want. But the thing is, is like with my Laugh Factory show, for instance, I got this night to build my name up. Um, and in doing so, the ability to help out other comics by, you know, I I, I promote the show very hard. I, I try to fill the room as best as I can. And sure. the, the crowds have been great. So it's like I'm putting people in front of the people that, I got to the show. So I'm, if, if you're a comic on my show, like I'm putting you in front of the people that I got there. So I think that's helping comedy. I think I'm already helping the comedy scene by doing that. But then there's that other level of like, get me on your show, get me on your show. And the thing is, is because like I said, I got this show to build my name. I didn't get this show to be a talent coordinator. I don't book the show outside of, if you're a big name, obviously. Sure. Um, 
and if you're a Laugh Factory regular, I could possibly make some recommendations. If you're like, hey, I want to get on your show this week, I could be like, hey, so-and-so wants to get on the show. If they're a Laugh Factory regular, that could be you know different. But you know, I have people that aren't. you got to put a strong show together. you got to put a strong show you together. You can't just get, put someone on your show because they host some but, bar But look, there, there are a lot of comics out there that are strong that, that aren't recognized by Laugh Factory. And you know, it stinks, but like I can't get them on, and then they start getting mad at me. And then I found um, – yeah, I'll get I'll get booked less, uh, booked less because people, you know, they don't want to book me if I can't get them on their show, or there's just, it's it's just it's a weird it's just a weird thing. Yeah, sure. So, but like, I'll get people that email me tapes, a comic in you know, a, a, a comics from uh, from different parts of the country will email me and say things like, uh, you know, hey, I, I see you have a show on Wednesday nights, and you know, I'd love to get on it. Here's my tape, and. I totally invite that and understand why someone would do that. It makes yeah. total sense. And you should be doing that. If you're a comic, you should be reaching out to everyone. So I don't get get it and go, why is this person sending me this? But I kind of get a little deflated because I'm like, well, I can't help this person out. And Laugh Factory is the only stage in L.A., the, the biggest that's only got one main stage. Like Comedy Store's got the developmental room. Right. You know, more way more bringer stuff, and then it, the improv's got the lab, right? So you really are like to be to be performing at the Laugh Factory. It's like that's the show. No, totally, and that's what, and that's why you know I think people like I've been doing comedy for six and a half years, and you started in L.A. I started in which LA. is rare. Yes, I, th- I think I, totally. <laughs> no, it is. And <laughs> they and say I, go so, like the, they say like go to New York to get good, go to L.A. to get famous. Exactly. To start here is very. I st- I came I came here. I feel like way too early on in my career. I was only a few years in. Yeah, I no. couldn't imagine. It was, dude, it was tough. It was, it's tough to start here because, you know, like you, and, and let me just, uh, to finish with the thing with the getting the tapes real quick. Sure. When I get the tape, I feel bad because I'm only six and a half years in, you know, so I'm not, I, I'm not someone that should be reviewing people's tapes Yeah. to, you know what I mean? So, so it's like, I don't know how to tell them that without sounding weird or without sounding like a dick to be like, so I'll try to say like, Hey, I don't, I don't book the show, you know, but um, th- a lot of times people, they don't believe me yeah, and they right. think I'm just not booking them. And I've had people argue me, wait, I don't understand. So it's your show, but you don't book the show. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not a club. And that- even if you did book it, the amount of people like that already live and hustle in Los Angeles yeah. that, that, you know, it's like, there's never like, I, like I went, I, I, I performed at Brad Garrett's a couple years ago and I, I hit the lady up again and she's like, look, since one, one of the clubs in Vegas closed down, she's like, there's a line around the block for right. people totally. a year deep trying to get bookings. She's like, I can't help you. She's like, yeah, you were good. It was fine. Whatever. But like, I already have, well, and that's just that way it is in certain towns versus like, you know, you can go to Phoenix and there's more, probably more comedy clubs in Phoenix than there are here. And it's just, there's more stage time. That's, kinda, it's not even that there's probably less comics Yeah, oh, you totally. know, for that. But, um, I'm ha- first off, I'm happy I don't book the show because if I did, I would be screwed. I would turn into a, a talent booker. I wouldn't be a comic. Yeah. So I'm I'm so happy and fortunate that the Laugh Factory, you know, books it. Um, but it, it's still that it's still, I, f- I feel bad when I'm like I don't know how to relate to him. Like, look, I'm I'm only six and a half years in myself. Like, I'm still I might have to send my uh, I'll send you my tape too. And then if there's something you can get me also, yeah. 
but they don't look at it like people need that. to for those listening that that aren't that you know i mean I, we, we talk about stand-up every episode right but, but it's also like a dating and relationship podcast so for those that don't know six years in is pretty i mean i'm i i i'm four and a half maybe five years in and it's like you almost don't want to say sometimes how yeah. far in you are because sometimes you feel like you're hanging with an eighth year guy or but it's like a lot of people don't get their break till they're 10 years in which isn't which which is crazy you you there's no we always we always talk about a timeline but right. it's like you never know what's going to happen when you just kind of have to put your head down there's stay totally no timeline i i will i will now you know looking back on it it's like you definitely need to put in your time for yourself because you know paying your dues is so much more than just getting good you know paying your dues is like first off you need to get on stage so much before you're you're presentable like i always thought to myself you know what i want to pay to see me that's how i kind of always would gauge how i am as a comic like i'd watch myself and be like hmm if i was a if i wasn't me if i was someone else watching me would i pay to see me like that's how i always yeah. gauge whether or not i was like really a comedian yet um but also like understanding that it's a scene understanding that there it, it is a game understanding you know that uh just how everything works like yeah. that is also so so you do need to spend you know, a substantial amount of time in, in stand-up, I think, to really solidify yourself as a comedian and, and the opportunity to have longevity. Did you did you move to L.A. knowing you were going to pursue stand-up? Or like, what got you? Because you're, you're from, are you from New York? Yeah. What part uh, of New York are you from? Westchester. You're from Westchester? So you came out here when? After college? Or? Yeah, so so what happened was like, you know, I grew up, I played Division One baseball at Quinnipiac. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. Um, and... I, you know, I was an athlete growing up and when I was younger, younger, when I was like, you know, when I was like first grade, second grade, my first passion was I wanted to be an actor, a comedian and a rock star. Like that was my thing. Yeah. I would tell jokes to my talk boy and I would, <laughs> you know, I would rewind it, listen to myself. I, I created a band in first grade where I'd have everyone in my first grade come over and play different instruments. Like that's what I wanted to do. And I was always a leader in that sense. Then, you know, I got into, I did some school plays. I was, I played the saxophone, guitar. Then, like, around, I started getting into sports, fourth, fifth grade, and then um, I want to say, like, sixth, seventh grade, when I started heavily getting into sports, that kind of became, like, what I was into. That's, and, like, and your, arts, new, your new stage. The arts kind of And they the make it kind of hard to do both. You can't do. do a play and play on a sports team. And, look, I'll and be honest with you. I was friends with the popular kids, and, and it wasn't really the cool thing to do. Yeah. Um, and then... But you know did what? you have any like influences with stand up or did you just know you wanted to be you did you just know that you wanted to be funny and entertain? No, I mean I I, I had influences definitely. I, I loved Elvis growing up. Like I loved Elvis. Oh, no shit. I loved I loved people that were uh innovators and, you know, uh people that um you know, I like Elvis, the king of rock, you know, it's like he you know, some someone I, I loved uh you know, Steve Martin, I loved Jim Carrey, I loved uh uh I loved Rodney Dangerfield. Now I loved their movies more than their stand up, not because I didn't love their stand up, but because, you know, growing up I wasn't really watching that young, yeah. you're not really watching you're watching the movies more. But I always my favorite actors growing up were always this comedians that crossed over into stand up. Yeah. That was like when, when Robin Williams died. Robin Williams like, as well. Sorry. No, no, no. Yeah. That hit me and I was like Whoa! Like, yeah, you think of all these movies, yeah. and it's a lot of your childhood. It's all just a lot, mm -hmm. yeah. And you know, it's like Jim Carrey. Like he's been one who's battled with depression and things like that. And you're like, dude, we don't need to lose like that guy. No, like, there's no, like he, no. him, Robin Williams. They've gone all over the spectrum as far as comedy, drama. 
And yeah, and they're both guys that weren't known really from for their stand up once they kind of like crossed over. I mean, they're such big movie stars. I mean, Steve Martin as well. Um, uh, I mean, I remember watching Ladybugs with Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, Ladybugs. I remember like something <laughs> about Rodney one. in that movie was like was so funny and and like uh, so th- those guys really influenced me growing up. And then uh, you know I, when I. So I was playing sports and then like my, my passion was to be in the arts and my passion was to be a comedian. And I, I had stand up Britain when I was 19, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, I, I, all my friends in college would be like, uh, Hey, you got to go to this open mic night. And I, I'd always be like, uh, because they were, they were, we were douchebags. Like we were college douches, sure. like bros. And it was like, you know, I love them. They're all great guys, but you, you know what I mean? We yeah, can joke around. You look back and you're like, oh, I, I wore two collars. Yeah. So, extra collar. yeah. So like if I was going to go to the open mic night, they were just going to, they were going to rip me yeah. during it. So I was like, ah, oh. um, but then, you know, towards the end of college, you know, I stopped playing baseball and I, and I really wanted to get into entertainment and I, um, started taking theater classes that my, that my friends didn't know about. It. I have a really funny story about it. Actually. Oh, yeah. uh, I was taking a theater class and, you know, we were the jocks, my friends, and like whatever. And, um, the you know the th- guys in theater are typically not as I I, I work around you know th- theater theater kids now, but like yeah. prior, it was like they're they're not as aggressive, I guess. So I I had this I had to do the scene with a scene partner, and it was like a serious scene, and he was like, I was like, yeah, come, I guess come to my place. We can run the scene. But like my friends, I lived with nine dudes and n- none of them knew that I was taking this class because yeah. I worked my prerequisites so that instead of taking like, uh, anthropology one one or something, I would, I, uh, was like, well, let me take theater one one yeah. instead. So my, my, um, advisor was like, okay, you could do that, you know, in school. So, uh, we were running this scene, came over. I went in my basement. We have like a basement we used to party in and I, I didn't think anyone was really home. So we we're in this basement doing this scene and I'm not joking. I heard by the, by the basement door, it's them yelling, where's John? And like, I think he's downstairs. Someone's here or whatever. And they were like, what's he doing? And then I, I heard like, <laughs> <laughs> like pitter patter footsteps coming to the door. And then like, they were like, what's he doing? And we were rehearsing the line. They were like, Oh my God, what is he doing? <laughs> Dude, that's so, uh, is he gay? Like yelling this yeah, stuff. Yeah, you're a closeted actor. But right, <laughs> a closeted actor that's so funny. So the the guy I'm doing it with, he was very skinny and frail and he was like looking, he was like, am I about to get beat up kind of look? Yeah. And they were screaming, laughing from the, and like that's, <laughs> but, but that's the. But that's a shame uh-huh. that like people, like because I was the same way, very similar story. I took a theater 100 course in college because right. like everyone was like oh it's a free easy class you take whatever and then i had like my stand-up written i was gonna do it for mr greek week which is an event that every fraternity and sorority they have a talent night plus all these other singing you know lip sync nights it's really stupid everyone gets drunk at it and i wrote like a six minute set because i was like i'll do stand-up for mine and a buddy like pulled me aside he's like dude stand-up's harder than you think yeah which wasn't not true but it was the most unsupportive like but people will look out for you right or they think they do so i didn't try it again for maybe seven years right and i'm like fuck i mean but maybe i would have bombed and never tried it again you know who knows so who knows looking back but yeah like people they don't and but i wonder all the people out there that had that thought of being the screenplay writer or the, what whatever it is and they just didn't do it because it wasn't 
on their quote unquote path in college or whatever. Well, I mean, then it That's wasn't sad. then it wasn't just on their path because if you want to do it, I think we both know you're going to do it. Yeah, and like, and you'll just get eaten alive if like someone else has to I, push you into it. I wrote, you know, I wrote stuff. I try to cast people in my college and like a short that I wrote and. What, you know, when I graduated, I interned at Fox News Channel in, in, in uh, college, and and that in no way has anything to do has any bearing on any of my political views. So yeah, <laughs> or not not about that. But it was a good internship. It really was. Um, sure. And then I had Fox News Channel, and then uh, New York Post. I also interned at. And, I fucking love the Post. Yeah. So and you know what? You can't get the Post anywhere else. That's the same as the New York. Like when you buy it in New York, it's that's the original version. I try to buy it in an airport. It's all watered down. It's so funny. They change it because they they can't they can't put those headlines anywhere else but New York. I, I whenever right. I get it, I bring it back with me and give it to my mom or That's something. That's so funny. <laughs> New York Post is outrageous. It's outrageous. Um, so I, I interned there, and I you know, and I was I switched my major uh, to, to public relations. So I I didn't get like into entertainment, but I was at least in communications, which is kind of you know PR has to do with entertainment, obviously. Um, so then when I graduated college, I was like, I gotta. I got to do this. Like, I can't, what am I going to do? Like, even my friends were like, dude, they don't even know. Like what they, they were like, I don't even know what I see you do. Were you going to write children's books? What year did you graduate? Oh, oh, seven, oh, eight. oh, eight. So that, so you graduated, I graduated Oh seven. So you in between Oh seven and Oh eight was the collapse basically of any, uh, every job in the country. Just yeah, totally, totally, totally. So you, so that's a good benefit. Cause like, totally. I, like I, cause I got a job the fall of Oh seven fired after six months. And then I was in the same place as you were, March of 08, being like, I don't, fuck, like, I don't want to do this again. Like, I don't want to get another job that get, fires me. Totally. You know? And I, I, you know, I was scared to take the leap and really do stand-up. I, I, I was paying a man, like, a management company in New York to send me out on auditions because um, I wanted to act and I was writing a lot, but I was, I was, I was uh, not scared to do stand-up, but confused as to how you even do that. Right. So um, you just see a special and you're like, how do you get? How that. do you even do that? Yes, yeah, it's, it's so weird. So you don't see just the shitty middle act or right. something, like, or like an open mic where you're like, "Oh, I can do that." Yeah, you know, you see, you see, torgasm. Yeah, you know, uh, which by the way, in college, that was my first stand-up show I went to, and I, the gymnasium. There was a big like wall separating half the gymnasium, and he was only sp- Dane was only supposed to play to half the room, and it just became the thing to go do that night. They had to tear the wall down and yeah. do like a 360 show. He, and um, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Oh, he was a rock star. No, he was a rock generation. star. Because I remember, I remember I was a freshman or sophomore, and he was coming to my school, and someone was like, I didn't know who he was yet. And they were like, and I, you know what's funny is I actually had seen his stand-up. I didn't know his name, but I had watched his, he's one of the first comedy specials, uh, that I ever saw, like really on my own, flipping through the his channels. Half hour, or half hour. His, yeah, like, tank top one. Yeah, yeah. so funny, so <laughs> He's funny. Jumping into the crowd, yeah. dude. It's so cool to watch that in a different generation because that would that would be nuts now. Yeah, what he was doing. That's <laughs> he's just like got a tight, maybe like black leather or like you know like fishnet tank top, R- whatever. He was just running, <laughs> yeah. dude. It was, but he did. You know, some girl said, "We're going to see Dane Cook. Are you coming?" And I and I was like, and I'm pretty sure I told him the story before. I was like. A, I thought I was like a magician or something. I was like, Dane Cook, no. And they were like, he's a comedian. You of all people should know that. And he, I mean, he got so big. And he, what he did for stand-up was, I mean, he turned on a generation to stand-up that wasn't into stand-up. Yeah. Like, you know, entire age uh, groups, he turned on the stand-up. It was that, a different style. It wasn't like set up, punched. But I'm down. Right. It was very, I mean, very but much the, like he raised, I mean, the awareness energy. he raised for stand-up is like in, in, in amazing. You know, no one... Our age at that time, 
really watched avidly watched stand up on that level and he made everyone go whoa you know yeah. like stand up you know so, so you see this guy in this arena and then you're like how do i fucking how get do i there? get there not that even getting there is the ultimate goal but it's like holy shit because these comics they're holding court you're in charge of the room and that's totally. like you can and even in, in today's world that's the most powerful mm-hmm. you can't get anybody like like people always talk like if you get a conan set you have you have, for five minutes you are the only thing on that network mm-hmm. that's pretty crazy let alone an hour special yep you, you know? your voice your look what you wrote everything it's crazy um no tricks no special i mean you whatever you can have tricks or whatever but it's really just you're writing you're performing nothing else exists but you on stage and you can take that anywhere you know you can do stand up on a cruise ship or you know college or wherever you can put a mic a basement and that's what's kind of cool that that it's like something you take with you and it's not like you're taking like your your set of tricks is like your wit and your writing and that's how you do it you just say i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna take whatever i can do you know whatever and i'm just gonna get on stage and you're just gonna learn it wherever you can get on stage you know it's it's so wild to, to 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 look at that and be like, how can I get there? That's the I have some of my friends will be like, I have no idea how you're doing this. Like I can't. And these are successful guys now, you know, because I'm I'm 32 now, so it's like yeah. these are successful guys who've been in the workforce for 10 years, and you know they're like, uh, they're they they can't wrap their mind around how I'm doing this, and and it's it's a crazy it's a crazy thing, you know. Um, to to so to, so you basically. Because like for, for for me it was like I did I tried acting for a few years and just because I didn't know what I wanted to do and I tried improv and then stand up like it was the last resort it was like all right I got a chick like who was like I broke my heart I got nothing else to lose I'm gonna I, I could embarrass myself on stage you know that's kind of what got me going with it and so like even though I started as an actor I was never trained in college or any of that it was all kind of just like figure my shit out. Versus like some people that kind of go from either acting or performing and then their agent tells them they should do stand up. So they're, they're like, oh, I don't write a fun act and they're a musical theater comic right. or something. It's, I mean, everyone's got their own path, but like you weed out that bullshit within the stand up community to be like, all right, who's actually doing this every night? Who's pursuing it? So you come to L.A. and you knew you wanted to act. What got you on stage finally? OK, so then I, I, I um, was like, I'm gonna, for some reason, I just couldn't figure out like New York just didn't seem right. And, and you know what, looking back on it, I'll tell you why it didn't seem right. If I would have tried stand up in New York, I would have not dedicated myself. I would have had too many friends, too many distractions. I wasn't like a big partier or like a big drinker, but like I partied and I drank, you know? So it's like, I felt like if I would have looking back on it, would I have gone to open mics? My friends probably would have come and they probably would have made me not take it seriously for a while and then we would have gone out after and partied, and I wouldn't have sure. been disciplined. Um, so I move out to L.A. I told one of my friends, I'm moving to L.A. He goes, no, you're not. And he like laughed in my <laughs> face. He's like, okay, dude. And I was like, no, I'm doing this. I couldn't know what I wanted to do. I, I interviewed <clears throat> at a couple places at Fox, and I interviewed at TV Guide Network and uh, you know, a couple places. And I ended up um, in January of 2009, I got a job as a PA at TV Guide Network. Um, and they were like, if you want the job, you know, you're gonna have to move here. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, I'm taking the job. So I took the job, worked at TV guide network for my first year out here. It was an incredible job. PA is a good job. You get, you get hands on with a lot of things, and but I it's was, a tough job. It's like the low, it's a, it's like a tough, you well, get a lot of shit thrown on your lap. 
Luckily, it was more of an AP job than a PA job. Oh, that's job. good. It wasn't like on a film set where you're just like holding up traffic. No, I, I did a lot. I produced segments. I, oh, I cool. interviewed on the red carpet a bunch. It was an amazing first job, and it paid. It paid, especially for me at the time. It paid well enough where if I put in all the hours, I, w- I could I could afford to somewhat live out here. Yeah. And then after a year of the job and everything, and I saw some, um, you know, bitterness of. Uh, it was my first lay of the land to really understand how the culture of LA kind of operates. Because the culture of LA, you know, quick quick tangent, kind of operates as um, in New York. There, look, there's people that are going to try to screw you over everywhere you go in every walk of life. Sure. But I think in in New York, East Coast, the mentality is more so. If you see somebody, because uh, there's better work ethic for sure there. If you see somebody climbing a ladder faster than you. And it, and you're for whatever reason paying attention to this person's ladder, which you should never be doing. Yeah. But if you're paying attention to someone else's ladder and you get threatened by them, the the attitude more so, and at least New York, and I, and I like to say even the Midwest too, and in those certain areas, would, is the mentality is you now need to climb your ladder faster, which still isn't good because you should, you should just be focused on your ladder the whole time. Yeah. In LA, I feel like the mentality is more so if you see somebody climbing the ladder fast. You you don't even care about your ladder. You're like, let me pull this person down off their ladder. Yeah, you know, you don't you don't even try to climb your ladder faster. You go get this guy off down off his ladder, and you just try to pull him down. So at TV Guide, it was weird because I was interviewing on the red carpet, and I loved it. And there's people that didn't even want to interview who were were not happy that I was interviewing. So so I basically was told, you know, if you want to be talent, you got to come back in. Um, you know, you got you got to leave and come back in as talent. And I was like, I just didn't like what was going on. And I was like, this isn't why I moved here. This isn't why I love my friends and my family. Sure. I did this to do stand up. So after a year, I left the job. And I just, the within a week of, of leaving the job, I just said, it's time. And I went to the Ha Ha Comedy Club. I went to the open mic. Yeah, first first open mic. I went that up. was my first open mic. Of course. And then I went every night. And I don't think I've I, the longest I've probably taken a break from stand up stand up in six and a half years was I think for two weeks I went to Italy when I was a little over a year in, and the, other than that it's like I I've been and that, and still that's not even a lot of time I've been since April of 2010 to now I have never stopped doing I never looked back I hit the stage a buddy of mine who I kind of knew recorded me and he said. Dude, you've got an amazing. He goes, you have an amazing stage presence, and I go, really? He goes, yeah, man, you were you look good up there, and I was like, thanks, you know. And then someone came up to me, and they were like, this girl was trying to talk to me, and uh, you know, I was talking back to, with her, and I was like, yeah, it's my first time, and she was like, what? And I was <laughs> like, yeah, she goes, oh, I thought you were working on something. I didn't know that was your first time, and I was like, you know, and it re- that really stuck with me. But I felt good up there. I felt right, and I just yeah. never looked back. And that's not an easy stage. That's like a six five p.m. Yeah, in the valley. Yeah, that's a tough. That's a t- gonna be a tough room. So that's. I great. mean, I was terrible. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I was no, awful. but it's still like I don't. I remember this dude. Who, I was at Eastville Comedy Club a few months in because I started in L.A. Did one set. I did a one open mic at the Haha. Ha. Then I did some showcase in the belly room of the comedy store. Showcase was probably my best set that year. Right. You know what I mean? It was just like a softball audience, right. really good supportive audience, which you kind of need that like once. You need it, you need something like that to yeah. like catch the bug or like at least yeah. feel validated. And then I moved back to New York and just ate shit for a good little bit, which is which is which is good. Yeah. But you know, you know what's funny is my dad is a very very hard worker and he's very very um he's very very much like even if you work hard, 
and you earn it, you still might not get it. Like he's got that, which I don't even like that perspective, but he's got that like, you know, like very realistic, my, my feet on the ground, yeah. you know, head down, do your job. My mom is like more like you can do whatever it is you want to do, you know, kind of <laughs> like you can, you know, you can. It's good to have that balance. It is. I had the mom, but not the dad. So, so I had the, the serenity prayer, um, law of attraction mom, you can do but not a guy, want. not a dad being like, like my stepdad was kind of that way. He was more blue collar. He was like, dude, I bought a house when I was your age. You know? Right, exactly. Like when I was 22, he's like, I bought a house when I was your age. And I was like, okay, I'm trying. But, but even my dad said to me, because I was so, I'm, I am so focused on stand-up that I, I don't like, not, I, I'm obsessed, completely, you know, entrenched in it. And so, like, I was doing shows wherever, whenever, and my dad even said, you don't need to be doing that many bad rooms. And I was like, and he doesn't know that much about stand-up. And I was like, really? He goes, you've, you're at a point now where like, you don't need to be doing rooms that are, that are going to, you know, that you think are hard. They're just not good. You don't yeah. need that anymore because, you know, you do start, you do get to it. You do need to know that your stuff works. Cause I mean, it's good to do hard rooms. You need to do hard rooms. You need to get tough and you need to get, you need to not, you know, be affected by anything that's going on. You need to be like, I can handle a heckler that, you yeah, know, yeah. I just did out in Vegas when I got on stage, within 10 seconds, some guy was standing up, drunk with his arm folded. I didn't even say a joke, and he's yelling out, you're not funny, fuck you, just Jeez. for no reason. Now, I handled it yeah. great because I've been in so many situations that I just know how to handle it. So you do need to get up in those shitty rooms for yeah. a long time, but then it does come to that point where you, you also got to start knowing that your stuff works. You got to value your self-worth. Exactly. And, and that doesn't mean like having an ego to not do a show. But right. Sometimes you'd say, you say, you know what? Fuck it. Like you yeah. might, you still might get something out of it, but it's kind of like, like, like one of the quotes I like, like is like leap in the net will appear. So it's like, once you kind of decide to get into stand up, whatever you will find the, the, the support system. Totally. But it, it also works in the opposite way. Like deciding to turn down work. Yeah, totally. Offers new, like, like if you like the, the rung of like film, if you co-star is like the lowest level of like actor on TV. It's like the guy who delivers the package and like, Hey, you know, just says a one line. You can only do like five or six of those before you you have to say no more co-stars. I'm only going to audition for guest stars. Right. After a few of those, it's like, I'm only auditioning for series regular and you have to like turn down money or jobs or with stand up. You don't turn much down because it's like, if you're free on a night, totally. chances are it's going to be a productive set. Totally. You know, you're going to get, but in LA, sometimes you might be like, you know what? I don't need to do the gimmicky thing that's during. Uh, I, I did a bar. I did a. I did a show at a bar, and I, don't, I. I love bar shows, you know. But it wasn't even a show. It was an open mic. This guy called, tried to call it a show. I thought it was a show, and I got there, and like I went up really late, and like nobody was there, and the comic before me uncomfortably bombed to where it wasn't bombing. It was like I was worried for his well being when he got off stage. <laughs> And he made the room, because I'm an energy guy, yeah. and he made the energy so scary in that room that when I went up, for no reason, the bartender started saying, yelling shit at me. And, I, and I'm telling you, I truly in my heart believe he did something in that room, yeah. and he unlocked some negative shit in that room and, and like triggered that bartender to, to be like almost like she had like PTSD from something. And... I remember leaving that set and I felt bad about myself because not about myself. My energy was very like sad. And it was like, I, before I went up, when I saw him doing it, I was just going to walk out. I was going to go, I'm not, this isn't stand up at this yeah. point. This is like, 
this is like a bad energy in here. I don't want it's that hard shit enough on me. In a good energy yeah. to like get your shit accomplished. And I was like, I'm just gonna leave, but then my mind went no, you're going to do it because you don't turn down stage time. And that's how, that's how you're going to yeah, be. You're already there. You already parked your car. You filled the meter. You're like, but now I might be more inclined to be like, you know what? This isn't going to, I so trust myself that I know that that's going to be detrimental for me. Yeah. And that's good. That's good yeah. to know. I mean, so yeah, cause reading, reading the room, the energy is yes. it's just, it's just wild. Like, you know, you don't want to do material until the rooms at a, like a place that you approve it to be. Which it, or you know what I mean? Like some some guys will be like, oh, you know, you just know the audience isn't with you yet. Whatever, you just have to like kind of get it into your own sort of like place where you you know it's like a negotiation. Yeah. Do you find no like skip? We'll get into the ladies here. Yeah. Of course. Do you find that you can read like if a girl's into you or or like do you, can you pick up on stuff like that? Like you can pick up the room when you're on stage. To, uh, you mean you mean like if I'm on stage or you're talking about off stage now? Like off, like off stage. If you say say you're the girl that you're just at a bar, you're just right. a nor- you're back to being a normal guy. They don't know you're a comic because right. when a chick knows you're a comic, I feel like that's just throws that's right. just a whole different ball of game. Um, I will say this: I'm in a relationship now, and it's it's really been great, um, a really really great relationship. So, um, I've been out of the game for for a minute, but um, I can still. Yeah, I mean, you know what's funny is. When I'm n- not doing stand-up, I try to turn it off unless I'm like trying to come up with a new bit or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I think I'm actually surprisingly not that great at being able to tell. Um, uh, but I think it comes from a, a, a certain arrogance of, uh, and I'm being honest about it, of like not. I'm not worried about that. Like I, I don't like if I if I was single and I went to a bar, I don't think to myself, "I wonder if she's into me." I'm just kind of like, I don't, I, I don't think. I'm trying to word this without sounding like a complete no, asshole. No, no, it's you. But I'm not worried about. <laughs> I'm not. I, I, I don't think that she's not into me either, or she is into me. Like I don't look at it like that. Yeah. Like if there's a girl, if I'm single and I see a girl. Um, first off, I'm not very aggressive, so I, I don't oftentimes approach. Um, but if we got into a conversation, I would just assume if I was a good dude, you know, she's going to, she's going to like me. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, like I, I don't think I can get every girl. It's not like that, but I'm, I'm, I don't necessarily... Well, because LA's LA's such a cluttered town with everyone's here, kind of pursuing a dream for the most part. Oh, well, if we're talking about LA, so LA's just a different beast. But you've spent almost like your whole adult life here. Yeah, I've been here. So f- is it how, how how does it differ from like say in college oh, or whatever? Totally. Um, well, LA is every, a lot of it, it's a lot of agendas as we all as we know. Um, so I don't know if I've ever really been been out in LA. You know, and and really been like, oh, because in New York, if a girl likes you in New York, she will look at you and like let you know almost. Yeah. If a girl likes you in L.A., she'll look away from you. You know, <laughs> so it's like it's 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 weird. That's to talk really about. interesting. Yeah, like because it's like, oh, I like him. Oh, you know, I don't want him to know. And it's like, who does he think he is that I like him? Almost like that attitude. Yeah. Whereas to New York, they're looking to have relationships and settle down more. So. So, you know, a girl will look at you and hold the stare for a second and kind of almost be like, 
hi, come say hi. Yeah. Or a girl in L.A. will be like, I like you. Ugh, get away from me. You know? In L.A., girls hate. It seems like every chick has dated a stand-up comedian, and they just hated the experience. That's so funny. And I'm trying to, like, be a spokesman for all for comics. Like, with my girlfriend. Don't, don't No, even. no, no. It's a lost cause because we're, we're, we're nut jobs. <laughs> yeah, right? no, no. But, like, I don't know, like, you know, I don't know if you know Galena Ravina. She's been on the podcast. She, today, she was like, how do I filter my Bumble so it doesn't show me stand-up comedians? And That's so funny. Ken Gar was like, well, put it, you know, male 35 plus, because, like, what are you going to get? Like, and, you're just got a bunch of and also, assholes and also define like define stand-up comedian yeah because like every guy uh, put a mic in his hand thinks are, he's a- are they a st- like i wish there was some type of like sag situation for comedians yes. where it's like if you you can't call yourself a comedian professionally until you're like you have three different slips from like three different comedy clubs even, which still wouldn't be hard to attain because it could be from anywhere in the country, but you just have to be acknowledged yeah. by three different clubs. Three paychecks. Three, yeah, three paychecks from three different clubs anywhere, and then you can you can call yourself a comedian, which is still not hard it's to do. It's a great idea, though. But it's like all these people calling themselves comics, and it's like, you know... You want to make some enemies. You should start that. <laughs> well, and then it's like sometimes you'll hear a girl talk shit about a comedian, and then they'll say who, and you're like, that's... That's a comedian? Like, is that yeah. even, or is that just a crazy person calling, you know, who went to an, you realize anyone can go to an open mic. Anyone can go to an yeah. open mic. Anyone can That's sign up and go to an open mic. And so. what's crazy is like, a guy like you, you're six years in, you still got to wait in line if you do an open mic with the guy who's never done it, who's nuts. Yeah. Like, you I just mean, like, there's no vetting of, of that process until you sort of like hit critical mass and you're like a club comic. I or, stopped going, I stopped going to open mics a while ago. Yeah. But, but yeah, but totally. I mean, um, so so i in terms of like in terms of like dating a comic i i just think that like there are people that aren't comics that give comics a bad rap that'd be like if you like if, it, if you thought like attorneys got a, if attorneys had a bad rap but then like majority of the attorneys giving attorneys a bad rap weren't attorneys yeah you'd be like well that's not fair they're not even attorneys and i'm not saying you know and comedians we're we're we you know a lot of us like there's a fine line between between genius and insane you know so sometimes you know someone might be appear insane but they're really a genius or sometimes someone might appear to be a genius and they're just actually insane yeah so sometimes it, you cross over sometimes you cross there was over. like Ang- like patrice o'neill totally. was a guy that a lot of the guys that came up with him like danko came up with him mm-hmm. and yeah uh, i love bobby totally. kelly i yeah. love i just love him but they always talk about like one day he just like something clicked with his anger mm-hmm. and it kind of just made sense on stage mm-hmm. and it's it's cool how that happens where you kind of have like this critical mass that's built up and you're like, oh, I get what I'm trying to say now. You've said a lot of things online that are so amazing because it's not always mm-hmm. the popular point of view. And as a, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be a, a, a white male activist Great. or male, no. male activist. I have to preference that. But it's amazing how silenced white men and i like just totally. even saying this i'm i know i'm like ah, we'll, I, I we'll go i'll I, get i'll get into it with you because i'll artic- i'll articulate it better here than i will in a post so sure go for so, it so whatever you want to say no hold you know i'm not holding back here well because, it's because like th- you know i you know i've i do a bit about mansplaining because it's like we're just accused of these things and it's, and it's like we, let's take like let's start today let's not worry about all the suffrage and all the past like let's let's be like in today's world it's very hard for a straight white guy to to make any point whatsoever because we're the we're we're the ultimate sort of like guy who like silver spoon in our in our culture. Well, it's funny. It's funny. First off, it's funny what we what we consider white because I am I am I get you know I get white guilt. People try to put white guilt on me all the time, and 
I'm 100% Italian, and my parents grew up on food stamps. So same. Well, so, Irish Catholic, single mom, 22 food stamps. Yeah. So to say, you know, my dad did very well for himself. He's an amazing man. He works really hard. He's loyal. To say that I, me being able to enjoy not having to live like he did considers me like I should feel bad about that. My dad worked his ass off so that his son should have to feel bad that he doesn't have to, you know, worry about where he's going to eat tomorrow is fucked up because how are we ever going to create a society where everyone is doing well if you're going to make people feel guilty for, for doing well and not struggling. So it's, it doesn't make any sense to me why I should have to feel like bad that my dad made it so that isn't that the American isn't the American dream to further your next generation see here's the problem with the American dream that people don't understand okay the American dream is not arrive to to arrive to America today and then make it today that's not what the American dream is the American dream is you get to come to this country and over you know a span of different generations you have the ability to further your family tree and you might not even be able to see you know what you started but like you come to this country and then you you you, you do as best as you can for the next generation for your kids and then hopefully your kids do a little better than you did for their kids and then they do a little better for their kids and like the american dream is the ability to to you know to flourish over time and to create something really beautiful, it's not come today and give me something right now. Yeah. It's like the ability to work towards success. And that's something that a lot of countries you don't have. So, so like, you know, my dad is like the first generation or I'm the first generation of the family tree of, of the American dream really coming into fruition. So... You know, his parents who who didn't have anything but were able to, you know, scrounge enough that he could eat kind of. And then his parents, you know, their parents who had nothing, they probably, I think 40 of them probably lived in a, you know. And then, you know, my mom is the same thing. She grew up with four sisters in a house with my, my grandfather was a Pearl Harbor survivor. He served. Wow. He was uh, a mailman after that. You know, then you have my grandma and then they lived in a house with like, I think two of her sisters, like a tiny little house with like literally 12 people in it. And it's like, they all worked hard to give the next generation more. It's given you the mental sort of capacity to pursue even bigger dreams. Yeah. And, and, to and be like, they've, they've done that. Now I'm in a position where I can do more. I can do more. And and now I'm supposed to feel guilty because the American dream is starting to take sh- take shape for my family. Fuck that! Because all of a sudden you decide I'm white and I don't deserve shit. It's like it's like we don't we don't we, we don't get what's go- we don't get what's going on. It's it's so bad how bad you know. It's like they've 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 filtered they've made it muddy where there are actual problems. Yeah. So there's actual problems that could be fixed, but instead we're worried about like a tweet. Someone, I think the bubble will pop. I think for the most part, like SNL has showed that they're going to stick by Michael Che, Melissa Villasenor. Oh, like, of course. They're just going to stick by people because this feigned outrage. It's just like, well, well, you know what we've done in society right now. What we've done is we've given, uh, we give credit, and we have to to the blackmailist and the extortionist. Every single time. A network or a company doesn't have an employee's back off of defamation of character and slander. We don't we've forgotten what those are. 
You know, so every time somebody is under attack, um, it's a form of, of it might not be a, a form of extortion or blackmail, but like it might not be it might not be actual blackmail what they did to Melissa Villasenor, actually extortion, but when you allow somebody to ruin someone like that, you green light people like that to come out of the woodworks more and say things like, Oh, I'm going to accuse a guy of sexual assault, you know, who didn't sexually assault me, you know, because here's what what ends up happening is the person who gets accused knows that once it goes public, then the verdict, they're fucked. So they're going to pay out. They're going to give money to people just so it doesn't hit the press. So you're letting people extort and blackmail successfully now because society will you know, because if it goes to the court of public opinion, down with their house, down with their head, you know, off with their head, even before you've given it a chance. And then and then if you do find out that it wasn't true, the person who lied doesn't really get in trouble or they, they don't get shamed. You're shaming good people. Yeah. And here's what happens also. People that are sexually assaulted, it's not good for them either because now you have more, more a higher percentage of people that are going to question every time someone comes out now. Exactly. So, I mean, really what we don't realize, we think we're helping society and we're, we're setting ourselves back. So, and we're letting the bad people win, yeah. you know, like every time a network doesn't stick behind an artist or, or talent that has an allegation thrown on them, you're letting the blackmailers and the extortionist win. Yeah. Cause everyone's bought and paid for. So people like, it's so funny. Like, you know, who was it? Um, uh, the Affleck guy. What's his name? The comic. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Um, I can't either. He, but. he you know, it was an earthquake and he made a joke. And, you know, we all know this guy, uh, Gilbert Godfrey, right? Oh, oh so he sh- got fired. Right. This is this is several years ago, but he got fired. He made a joke. Yeah, it was probably off color. It was maybe too soon, whatever. But he got fired and they went straight to Affleck and were like, hey, we're not going to support your, which is what you should do. You should, you should tell a brand you don't support. You know what I mean? Like in in certain instances, but the social justice movement, it's like anything. And right. we're and I don't. I'm at a place where you can't fire me from anything right now. Right. And like guys like um, Ari Shafir, they're like he's a comic who's like no 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 you can't you can't tear him down. Right. Because he's not bought and paid for by like well that's a his network. brand and that's great that he made his brand unapologetic. You know yeah. right? And now but you're you're similar where so you posted about locker room talk yeah and it was more of an uh like a, a constitutional issue i yes, think that it was thank you yes because but 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 here's okay so so paraphrase what your status okay. was basically um basically i said that what donald trump said wasn't that bad and i uh, because i saw i saw articles that were being posted saying that men should watch what they say in private uh, and that men should you know talk Men should stop other men from ter- talking a certain way in private and this and that. And I don't like that. What Donald Trump said was bad. Um, you know, I guess what I'm what I was also trying to say is like, first off, I don't I'm not going to give my two cents in on the election. I will say this. I think Hillary is I think Hillary is very, very bad. I don't I don't think Donald Trump is presidential. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't really get him running. I don't I don't get it. Um, I think Donald Trump running for president is the same as if an actor wants to cross over in a stand-up and then they decide, like, I want to do stand-up today and then later that night they get to headline the biggest show in the country. They yeah. wouldn't know what the fuck they're doing. Sure. So I don't think he's very presidential. It doesn't surprise me coming out of his mouth. So that's kind of why I'm – because I feel like he could have said something much less, you know, 
not as bad and it still would have been th- it doesn't matter i feel like people were going to release something that he said regardless yeah. and it's like that was bad that he said that mixed with the allegations it's not good but i mean it's just it when you start holding people accountable for what they say in private and or off the record he was mic'd up so there's some gray area here yeah but at the same time it's like and it might not be a good example of what i'm trying to get across because of the fact that he was mic'd up but it's like you're hold, you're holding an entire gender accountable essentially when you say men shouldn't talk like this for something that a yeah like like here here's what i'm okay. saying okay there's it's hard it's quote. hard I posted to def- this quote to... i posted this quote a bad man isn't a bad man he's a bad human yeah a girl, a bad woman isn't a bad woman. She's a bad human. People are wired differently. You know, you're never going to control. There's mental illness. You're never going to control someone who's a sociopath. Right. That's something that exists. They're a psychopath. They're a sociopath. That's a percentage of people that are like that. Okay. I'm not saying a fairly don't. large number too. <laughs> yeah. There's people that, you know, there's people that are bipolar. There's people that have different mental illnesses. So, you know, wh- what I'm trying to say is like, I don't talk like that in private with my friends. And if one of my friends were to say, I go up to him and grab him by the pussy, we'd be like, cool, dude. So you're going to spend a night in jail? Are you looking to spend some time in prison? Like, what are you do? Like, what are you talking about? Why would you say that? You know? So to say men should watch what they talk about in private bothers me because we already do. Yeah. And, and or if we don't, like with that mentality, you can take anything we say out of context if you're not there. Because I've I've joked around with my guy friends and said shit, and my girlfriends oh, and crazy said shit. stuff, necrophilia, that, that, like, like you, like <laughs> we're weirdos, and it's fu- it can be funny. It's a one-up thing. It's a competitive thing. Thank you. And sometimes if you might say something really twisted as a, such a joke because of how weird it is that people are like, well, I can't believe you just said that. If that shit got leaked, if we have to worry about everything we say get, getting leaked. What's next? We can't think shit? Are you going to come up with an act that like shocks us if we have a thought that we can't control? So it's like it's just funny that we're that we're a country acting like we want more rights and it seems like we're taking more and more rights away from people. So it's like there's this is not a free country and we're fighting for freedom, but we're not fighting for freedom because to say that he was he he was mic'd up but he wasn't live. So it's like if I'm mic'd up right now and if I say something to you and then later I say, "Hey, you know what? I know I said that during the podcast. Can you take that out? And you said sure, and then you didn't take it out. That's just kind of shitty. Yeah. I mean, you know, but it's like, and if people don't think it's wrong of you to do that, then, you know, all our integrity has gone out the window, and it's like no one's safe, and how can you trust anything anymore? Yeah. You know, because cause now you're held accountable. And then it's like women talk shit about men all the time, and it's like why didn't the article say we need to start watching what we say in private, why does that have to be about men and women? Why well, can't it yeah, be about the, humans need to change their culture all around? Yeah. You know, so it's like men, like like the, the rape culture in college. College kids need to start learning that, you know, if, if a girl is too drunk, leave her alone. Leave her alone. Yeah. Just leave her alone. You don't want a drunk girl. Like just, 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 you know, leave her alone. Girls also need to realize too, put down that drink. Don't get that extra drunk because I'll tell you what, from my experience in college, girls would get way drunker than guys did or they acted differently when they were way drunker than or guys Or don't handle did. it as well because they're they smaller. They don't handle it well. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so while yes, guys need to, need to not be aggressive with girls and guys need to – if a girl is too drunk, they need to, you know, to not pursue that because there are guys that I know in college that 
they weren't they weren't by no means rapists, but they did they were socially awkward with girls, so they would get drunk, go out, and they would you know get girls more when they were drunk, it and is, the girl was who drunk. Could fall on each other at the end of the night, exactly. And there wasn't anything like they weren't taking advantage. They just weren't good with women, yeah. and women are looser when they're drunk. Now, with that being said, you shouldn't go out and 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 go after a girl who's intoxicated. Um, but also girls need to start making better decisions as well. Well, a lot of feminists will, would want you to stop there and not say I, that last thing. Exactly, point. but that's, but and that's that doesn't, not... That, yeah, that doesn't solve anything. That just silences the fact that, like, you're not saying, well, you shouldn't have worn a dress. You're not saying, like, you're not blaming the victim. You're right. just saying there's more of an issue than we all know you shouldn't rape. Like, we all yes. know that. There's a gray area conversation that has to happen with with sexual assault, but also it has to happen with, you know, with with the Donald Trump thing, where it's like this should be more spoken about more than just being like, no, it is wrong. It's like, well, Trump probably crossed the line with grab talking about grabbing a girl by her pussy or yeah. whatever, and talking about power. But there is a line somewhere where, like, I've had conversations, call them locker room talk or whatever, guys, where you're just trying to one up each other. Yeah, uh, does he does he actually grab him by the pussy? He's he. I'm sure he's used his power to get laid. Sure. Here's the problem too with 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 current day celebrity and what I'm seeing is a lot of, you know, a lot of celebrities now. You know, you know, the, the age of the rock star is over. Like you, you hear you hear stories about, you know, bands in the '80s just with lines of women around the corner just getting blowjobs and it was cool. It doesn't happen anymore because. When you're a celebrity, you have to be careful because you are getting a, you are getting attention by a lot of different types of people. And one diff- one type of person, one type of female that has really taken form and has come out of the woodworks now is, like I said, the black males and the extortionists, the one that comes out and they're seeking you out to ruin you, to get money, to get, even just, just to get attention. So, so being a celebrity, the power that comes with that now isn't – you know, it's not fun. Any, I don't think it's fun anymore to be a celebrity. I don't. I don't think it's fun. I think you have to watch everyone all the time. What you say every around every public. single thing. You, you can't be in public because you're you're treated like an animal. Um, you owe people. Social pictures. media has to be completely. You know, and then and then your status. Like, you might not have gotten away with that if you were like on a sitcom or something. Oh, totally. Do you know what not. I mean? Totally not. But that's like that's important for discussion. And for those listening, like we have a very split male female audience all over the country. Whatever. Like we're not. We're just. It's a discussion. You know what I mean? Like Donald Trump's a. Yeah, he's a. He sounds like a sleazy guy. He sounds like a sleazy. He guy. sounds like he's not presidential. He sounds sure. like he's not presidential. He sounds like he's sleazy. But let's not pretend. And like most athletes. You know, a lot of athletes came up and said, I never talk like that. You might not say you grab a girl by her pussy, yeah. but you might tell the whole locker room about the shit you fucked the yeah, night before. exactly. You would definitely show photos of the girl and if she said that to you. I've heard girls say more fucked up things than guys. Like, I've heard girls in private say shit that's like blown my mind, you know? One girl, you know, was talking about, she just, she's very promiscuous and she was talking about how, you know, she'll sleep with a guy and then know that she's going to see a guy later to sleep with and then purposely not shower. Because she thinks it's funny to have two guys sleep with her without showering. Like, that to me is, like, disgusting, you know? But it's like, <laughs> so girls say crazy shit, too. And it's like, it's okay, especially if it's, in, you know, if, if it's in private and you say something with your friend, it's like, it shouldn't, it should stay in private. If you're doing those things in public, then that's one thing, you know? Yeah. But here's one thing we have to understand, too, is like, like I said about different types of people and different people that are, you know, wired differently and, pe- and different illness. And, and it's like... Teaching women to protect themselves is important, and the argument against that would be, well, men just shouldn't do it or right. whatever, and you're totally right. 
but try telling that to a psychopath. Yeah, that's because equal and separate. Because they actually, yeah. psychopaths actually exist. People murder people. There has been serial murderers. And they don't this think is they're real life. wrong. They think they've, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I truly believe everyone is trying their best. Like, there's true evil out there. There's, yeah. that think that they're on the right side of it. Well, yeah. Rapists well, and they're, and they're that might all, just, you know, whatever. Like, you liked me 10 minutes ago. Now, you know, they take it too far. They don't, you know what I mean? Like, they've, you, you going out and leaving yourself vulnerable is putting a lot of faith in humans. And there are a lot of broken people out there. So it's like, I'm not going to go into a high crime rate area where there's a lot of shootings. I'm not going to go into Chicago with a sign that says, you know, shoot me on it. You know, or, or like I'm not going to with something like, and it's because I don't want to go to that area because I want to protect myself. And if I go to that area and get shot and then I'm like, why does someone do this to me? It's like, it's because you're trying to control yeah. how bad people are and just avoid that, you know? And, and so, so and that's with like the, with, the, with the hookup culture of like in college, like you can't, you can't control all the time if someone's you, it's, it's not always your fault if someone roofies you or whatever but just you just gotta stay so I'm not blaming anybody but you know it's hard to roofie a f- whole pack of girls yeah. I, I'd imagine you know what I, I mean was, like, I, was roofied, look, he, I was roofied in college I, I was roofied yeah. when I studied abroad accidentally yeah. I think they tried to roofie my hot uh, roommate yeah. some chick <laughs> but yeah did you did you think it was accidental was nah accidental? I'll tell you what it was this this uh, a, a girl I was friends with took a couple sips of something she's like I feel way too fucked up will you drink this? And I said, yeah. And then I drank it and yeah, I got, that's so similar to my story. Yeah. And so, so no it does. Right it, but here's the that. thing. It does happen. Yeah. And, and, and that's the talk that has to be had too. It's like, girls, you can't think that men are going to fix this problem themselves because it's not men. It's bad people that do this. Yeah. It's not a bad man. And unfortunately, men are generally the aggressor. So that's why that's why like we have to take ownership yeah, totally. as a, as a gender to be like, like when we see bullshit to call it out. Yeah, for sure. You know, and which but like so in in the case of Donald Trump, you got Billy Bush who got fired. He's just a piece of shit, but he's just reflecting. He's just like oh, it's almost improv. He's just responding well, that's to what I'm the saying. shit it that Trump said. I don't I don't think see here's the deal. I don't and again, this is why I don't think it was right that he got fired because again, it's it was, it was, you know, you could say he should, he should have known not to say it. And I'll say, yeah, he should have known not to say it, but you don't know, you don't know the agreement that he had with, you know, being mic'd up when, even though, the, even if the mic's hot, maybe he just, he knew, you know, from working there that that's not stuff that's going to, that's going to yeah. go into the, and he seems sort of sleazy, but like his job's sleazy. But when, but when you don't, job. when you don't back that, you're not, you're not. You know what? What you need to do is you, you say it's not right. Maybe put him on probation or something. But like, when you fire someone like that and you and you allow him to get ruined, you show again. I don't think people think justice was done. I think there's a high percentage of people out there now that we're not understanding of that are looking at that as like, oh, okay. So if I lie about someone who has money, I'm either going to get paid or I'm gonna, or they're going to get ruined. You know, so I think that when you fire someone like that and you don't have their back, it shows that you don't have a backbone and yeah. it shows that, you know, that like, you know, you, 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 you put, you put an even bigger target on these people yeah. and you're, cause it's like, it should, I just don't believe that that should have gotten leaked. I just don't, I just don't think anything in private should get leaked. I mean, here's the thing too. We're confusing what, what, uh, being charged and convicted means. And that's very dangerous. 
just because if someone if there's allegations towards someone, it doesn't mean that they're guilty. So once someone has an allegation against them and you just start throwing out all this shit into the press and you make them look guilty, like that's not right. Yeah, there's no not, innocent until proven guilty. It's with, not with, anymore. Um, the it's, viral. It's done. Mass judgment. It's done. And they, but I think I, I think we're at the point now with like our current candidates and moving forward. You're not gonna find you're not gonna find a candidate that you can't twist the skeletons in their closet. Sure. And, and I think that's going to reach a point where it's, we're going to be like, all right, we get it. Like, I mean, I mean imagine in 16 years yeah. who's running for president. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, we saw a Vine video of you, you know, doing whatever. Like, it just exists. It's done. No one's going to be safe. No. <laughs> People are going to dig up your shit. Like, what? You know yeah, what I mean? I know. It's just any, but any, if you stick by something you say in the moment, then you can defend it after and be like, yeah, well, that's what I... Well, you just have to be unapologetic and you just have to not care. Did and, you get shit for that post? Of course, you of got, course, I. Did you got that. a lot of people that came out of the woodworks. Me, like, dude, I kind of agree. With no, you. I got, I got more people that did, and and the people that that were disagreeing with me are people that haven't seen. Look, look, I'm friends with a lot of celebrities, and I almost all of them have been accused of something that they have not even not accused, but have had blackmailers, you know, or extortionists try to get money from them. Sure, and so, you know, that's a reality that people don't get. That that people that aren't in entertainment or aren't around people with any status, they don't get that this happens. I couldn't imagine because at my level, I have people. I've had distant family ask me for money. I've had. Like, weird, I've what had do people, you think I make? <laughs> like, I, exactly. Wow. And, and and that's another thing too is like celebrities aren't making as much as they used to. Yeah. So and and it's also like the amount of money they have to they have to spend on security already and surveillance and and and, and people that they employ. It's like. On top of that, to have someone coming after you for a million dollars to be like, well, this is going to cost you a lot more if you don't just give me a million. And some, and I think there was a time where people were going, just give it to them. I think now maybe we're starting to, celebrities are starting to go, no, fuck this. This is getting out of control. But the, but the, but society doesn't get that. And they don't, they don't, you know, it's unfortunate that there's a lot of, there's a lot of women that lie. They, there is a lot of women that lie. And I've seen it firsthand. And and it's something that isn't getting. Now, why do they do that? Is it an emotional? Is it is it because it's like, well, you fucked me over, I'm gonna fuck you over, or is it what like what? It's a certain type of person. Just a certain type. Just of person. like I said, that there's a certain type of of guy that is going to be bad to women, regardless, because they're bad people. There's a certain type of woman woman that's going to do this to men. And let's assume it's bad equal. Person. Let's assume it's there's yes. one bad guy for one bad girl. You can right. You you can put a price tag on what what you think is worse than the other, but. Some people are shitty. There's obviously examples of it, but unfortunately, by even talking about it, people say, "Oh, you're you're the, you're on the side of Donald Trump should be grabbing people's pussies." Which, I, which like, I'm not. That's not what the no. But, but unfortunately, when people want to make their point, they'll pick and choose the quote. Well, exactly, and that's and, we, and we're the, in the age of googling. You know, if you if you have a, th- a point of view on something and you want to be right. You can Google something and you can find articles that will support, even if it's wrong. You could say, yeah. You can find articles to support that the sky is actually, you know, yellow. Well, we lose context. And we got to wrap this up in a second, mm-hmm. but time flies by. You got to come back on because this has been a blast. But, you know, like you very rarely hear of someone being misquoted on a podcast because like you work it out. Right. It's well, you not, can articulate you can a little articulate bit more. You can articulate and use yeah. context and all that. So. You know, it's there's you know we're not trying to solve things other than you know just have the conversation where, you know it's 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 scary when we you know divide and conquer and it's it should be feminism should be less about us versus them. Well, it's not what it, well it's supposed to be equality. It's supposed to be about equality. And, for and, the, and for the good people, it is. But it also it's like you know 
there's a comedy festival in New York where the where straight white men have to pay more money to submit. There's a pharmacy in New York City that has an eight percent tax they just imposed on men. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just. I mean, it's like I get it. The wage gap. I get it. There's other things that need to be worked out. Sure, but like, let's let's not make it us versus them. I get that's how that's how it's worked. In- I've been saying that forever. <laughs> I've been saying it's not men versus women. It's not. It's 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 you know we're all we're all in this and. Uh, you know, in able to be unity, we got to you know enable to in, in, in to to live in unity. We need to be able to be as one. Yeah. And when we do this stuff, because it's threatening. Like when I saw the articles about how men should watch what they say in private, I took that as a threat. I took that as I didn't take that as hey, because I don't say bad shit about people. You know, so like for me, it's like yeah, no shit. Men shouldn't say that, but like, stop acting like, well, because I read it as, you know, and someone like me and, and you who have careers in entertainment, I read it as watch what you say or else. And it's like, no, I'm not going to watch what I say in private or else. I'm not saying I'm saying bad, but I'm saying not going to watch what I say in private. That's such a disgusting, gross infringement on our, on our, on our, you know, freedom of speech and our rights. It's, it's, it's to think that this is an okay way to think. It's like, we're, we're not achieving anything other than more and more separation yeah and there's a context in private that that exists with like the with the conversation like you're clearly not trump's clearly not going to be in the boardrooms talking like that i mean there is a power issue and, and other things that go along with it but like you know with stand-up we it's it, it couldn't be a more equal place for like if you're funny you you get you move on right and that's and that's kind of like what we have you don't take away from someone it's like well we're just you're trying to be funny, but also relate and be honest and, also, you, and, and keep it sort of like truthful. Also, what I say on stage always is well-received. What I say on fa- – I can, I can make a Facebook post and then say the same thing on stage, and it's well-received on stage. And my Facebook posts are usually – they are well-received, but we always focus on the negative. But I think a big problem with Facebook and social media too, and, and I'll wrap this up quick, is that the, con- um, the consumer now thinks that they are the product. And, and they're not like I, when I see people not in entertainment arguing things, it's like what I do for a living is I, I'm a public speaker essentially. And I control a room when I go up there and, and I have had people laugh in, in unison together. And that's a skill. And that's something that, that I have honed in on. And so it's a study of people and the human condition. And that's what we do. And so just to have someone who works at Geico <laughs> behind a desk challenge me on that, yeah. it's like, this is what I do for a living, man. Like I get paid to do this. Okay. You don't, and it's fine, but I'm not going to come into your job and tell you what you should be doing. You're going to go, no, you don't know what you're talking about. So it's like people are forgetting because they feel too close to us. They feel too close to people. There's no more mystery in entertainment. They feel too close to the entertainer now. Yeah. So people that are like, like, you know, a Twitter account and, 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 and an Instagram, it's like it's hard to get followers now because people don't want to follow you because they think that you should be following them back. But you're like, no, my social media is for my career. Yeah. Yours I'm is just to put asses in seats here. Yeah, so trying like, to. you're not realizing that I'm the product and you're the consumer. Yeah. You're thinking that you're also the product. But it's like, no, you're a consumer of entertainment. So I'm not, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like... I've had it go both ways where like I totally agree with you and you know Michael Che uh host weekend update he he disabled commenters from his Facebook that weren't like close friends which which like, That's which fucking great which is what we should be doing because Facebook is not 
because he started that that rape the UCB rape allegations thing that happened. He was the first one to comment on it, and then Kurt Metzger picked it up, and Kurt Metzger got all the shit, right. more so than the actual accused rapist. Right. The comic got the shit who was commenting on the uh, alleged well, rape. Well, we not don't the rapist. we don't we don't realize how bad it is for for actual victims when you when you try to. You know, when 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 you say someone's guilty, when if they're not before they're be, before they're proven guilty, if you already deem someone guilty, it's it's so bad for. I mean, that that's a whole nother can of whole nother, Yeah, we'll have to get into that next yeah. time. I'll just say this though: my girlfriend, you know, she posts. She's um she's political. She was a Bernie Sanders supporter. Like she's 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 smart. She's from Kentucky. She has an accent. She you know might not sound as smart with the accent. That, like that's the shit she has to deal with. She's very pretty. She's a model. So she posted a photo. Uh, right before the big uh, primary with like, it was like Bernie Sanders were writ- written on like three girls' ass cheeks. Mm-hmm. It just said Bernie. I took the photo. It was a great photo. I got to look at three girls' asses. I got to write right. on the Sharpie, Bernie. And by the way, it's okay that you like to look at girls' asses. Yeah. That's an, oh, that's an okay thing. We need to stop trying to emasculate the straight man. We It's okay to be straight and it's okay to look at women and be attracted to them. And that's okay. Yeah. And now we, as a society, we need to understand that, that it, it is okay if you are straight, to have urges towards women. Isn't it's it okay. funny that we're the butt, we are the butt generation? The, the thong bikini is just like at an all-time high. You couldn't, you couldn't pull that shit off a, a right. decade ago. And now we're, like, we're owning it. Like America is the ass country right now. But <laughs> like we can't. Anyway, that wasn't the point. Right. Like, I know but saying. the point was some dude, some dude tweeted at my girl like this whole political rant like i'm gonna unfollow you you're you're not you're not pretty enough to deal with this i got sucked so far down this rabbit hole with this guy oh, he shit. was a coach on a college football team so we did the whole like you know but it's but so I, i've been on hurt defense and you'll you know you realize real quickly when like you see the person hurt like i am the 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 biggest feminist in the true sense in the, with, true sense, in the true yes. sense, I can't. Whatever, I'm a guy. Whatever, you know. I, I've, I've, to, you know, whatever. But so I wanted to murder this guy. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to know everything about him and all the shit that I couldn't believe he would discount a real, a human being. And he's supposed to be like a coach, like educating. Right. Real scary. We broke it down. I actually got into a long conversation with him. I probably gave it too much time, but we got to a place where we're like, you admit that it was fucked up. And like, and you know what I mean? Like, but I, it, it's not fair that we don't treat people online with that sort of respect. Right. And, and just seeing it with my girlfriend, it's opened my eyes to be like, shit, like, was I a piece of shit guy in college? Did, and I don't think I, and I've, I've, I've reached uh, out to chicks that I you dated. You weren't, like, you weren't, a, you weren't a piece of shit guy. I mean, you probably, but if you have to question mis- it, you probably were okay. You know what yeah, I mean? Like well, if you, if you're aware mis- enough. Look, we, that's what I'm saying. Like we all make mistakes and I mean, it, it's the level of the mistake. I mean, yeah, if you hurt, if you, if you if you actually hurt somebody like especially on purpose or you do something so wrong maybe you're a piece of shit but if you <laughs> if you like i'm sure that there's a girl or two i quote unquote screwed over that i didn't even realize i was screwing over oh, yeah. does that make me a bad guy no i've been screwed over by girls too who i'm sure looking back you just on learn it, from it and you, you learn and you, from it and you and a you, sociopath might not learn from it they, they will might not keep and making this and mistake. this is another thing too about the whole trump thing because people were commenting on my wall too someone said i have a daughter and i have a wife and it's like yeah i have a sister i have a mom i have a girlfriend why you just assume i'm just around shitty dudes all day just be like if i have i have i have people that i know who aren't the best people if they say something fucked up you're kind of like oh there they go again yeah you know what i mean so so i guess when i said it wasn't that 
it wasn't that it was wasn't that bad, but I, it was. It's more like I can believe he said that. Sure. So why are we acting like men should be held accountable for what a shit one shitty guy says? Like I said yeah. before. So it's kind of reiterating. But and it's and it's good that we take it personally and like want to be like, dude, don't fucking clump. You know, I don't savor girls like that votes for Hillary wants what. Well, she, that's her, the funniest part is that women <laughs> that want to vote for Hillary. It's like, dude, do you not realize like? You think that she's a good representation of women? I mean, my girlfriend hates Hillary. First and, off, and, and you want to you want to love the first female presidential candidate, major president. Yes. You know what I mean? Well, here's the thing too, and I, and I will say this quickly. When people say, <laughs> "Is this okay? We're doing this? yeah, no, it's totally fine. Whatever." When people say, uh, "You know, our first woman woman president, and men don't want that." Here, here's how I feel about a, a woman president. When I'm hurt, and when I need, you know, when something's really wrong, and I need someone to take care of me. And I need someone to make it right. I would go to my mom. Mm-hmm. My dad, I would go to to be like, figure it out on your own, you know, toughen up, and he'd give me good advice. But it 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 was you know. So I'm not against attempting to have. Uh, I'm I'm for having someone maybe more maternal in office because you know a woman in, in my life has been someone who's been who's been there for me to put a band-aid on me if I don't if I hurt myself. Mm-hmm. My dad would be the one to be like, you know, and my dad's also a very sensitive guy. So he's I'm not he's not like that hard nosed, but he'd be more like walk it off and my mom would be like, I'll get you a band-aid. So I'm not against I, I think it would be great to have a woman in office, but how desperate are we? It's like first off, her husband cheated on her openly and got impeached. Yeah. Like that's incre- that's crazy that that's who we think is a is a strong woman. Also and I don't know what what's true or not, but there's also allegations going on that she got rapists off. Uh, oh yeah, well yeah, she yeah when she was uh, yeah. early in her career, she got she she was uh, the lawyer with defending the rapist, yeah, the, the alleged rapist, and got him off. And so so it's like if you're going to say shit about Donald saying things, what about the fact that she actually so she had gotten alleged rapist off? Yeah. So it's and like, it just goes to show it goes both ways. We got yes. shitty candidates, and you know there's no but a lot of women third party candidates are, like, are shitty a, too. She's a badass <laughs> bitch. Oh really? Because you're the first person that will turn around and be like, this person Brock Turner should have gotten more jail time. Well, guess what? If Hillary was on his case, he probably wouldn't. She probably would have gotten him off. You yeah. know. So it's like you're not looking at you're not you're not looking at it the right way. You're just seeing a woman. You're not seeing what she's done. And that and that blows my mind. And the double standard is like uh, we have two shitty candidates. Yeah, and you could argue that she's been uh, tougher for a lot of reasons. Just being a woman in politics, she can't be like a Joe Biden slinging dick around. And right, like, th- that charm's not going to go too far. Right, but but well, you know, like you like you said, we've just got shitty candidates. Yeah, so like, that's it. Anyway, we're not trying to sway anyone's votes here. I no, at all. Trump support, but the beauty is like we you can go in on them either way. So we'll have to have you back before the election. Yeah, I want to have you back when my girlfriend's around. She's she was working today because she's okay. on the podcast a lot. She's you guys said you wouldn't you definitely wouldn't butt heads. You'd, you'd have a lot to agree on, okay. but she's also like she's she's i think a proper feminist well it's funny because i got into an argument about somebody with the whole trump thing and uh on the phone and they're and they're a very smart person and everything they were saying i totally agreed with because i had their same mentality because i'm against what trump did they couldn't get on board with anything i was saying and i was like well he, the problem is it's like i'm agreeing with you yeah 
you're giving the olive branch, being like, "Look, let's agree on these things." But you have to see. If I'm going to see your point, you have to see mine. Yeah, but that's the and problem, that's, and that's you, what we can't. That's do where probably 95 percent of decided voters are right now. Could you imagine? You're not going to change. Could you imagine if everybody who had a Facebook status decide, like, if they? I look at Facebook statuses and I'm like, if you were a leader, you'd be a fucking dictator with this post. So many people don't realize that they would be a dictator of a leader. Yeah. This is how you should think Nuke and them. unfriend me. <laughs> unfriend me if you feel differently. Oh, you're a dictator. You're not like, yeah. you wouldn't be a good leader. You think that I should listen to you? The fact that you're telling, if you disagree with me, bleh, is like, that's not how a leader leads. Yeah. You're, you're a dictator. If so you're it's listening, funny. don't be a dictator. No. Uh, we got to wrap it up. We went long, but it's yeah. always good. I, I think, you know, we could, we could do another hour if we had time. I know. <laughs> but, uh, so come back soon. Um, anyway, John Campanelli, you're going to be on tour on the Dane Cook's um, uh, Just, Just for, for Laughs, Laughs tour. tour. And then you have a Wednesday night show for all those listening. If you're ever in Los Angeles, come to his show, Laugh Factory, 10 p.m. Wednesday night. Find me on social media, John Campanelli1. Uh, you can message me. I'll give you guys free tickets, put you on the guest list. Uh, awesome. Wednesday, 10 o'clock, and I have two comedy albums out if you want to go. Oh, yeah. And what's your latest album called? Uh, uh, I've got my, the, my latest one's called New Phone. Who is this? New Phone. Who is and this? And the first one's called Nervous. And, and those are on iTunes? Yeah. All right. So if you're, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you know your iTunes. Uh, support him. Uh, leave him under, and also leave him a review on his uh, album. Uh, give him some love. Let him know you heard him here on Sex Actually. Thanks for being on, man. Thank appreciate you it. so much. It's All fun. right. That was it. See you guys next time. I'm not gonna lie, 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 I'm not gonna lie,